Darnell Williams at the tailback. They'll hand it off to Williams up the middle. 25. Cuts it inside. 30. 35. 40. There goes Cadillac. To the 50. To the 40. To the 30. To the 20. To the 15. 10. Go crazy, Cadillac. Go crazy. Touchdown. Now they can play a little safer. But they're not going to. Nix is back. Throws it downfield. Caught. Touchdown, Williams. A 20-yard attempt. Josh Harris, the snapper. He'll call to the place. He'll hold it. Byron waits for the snap to the place. There it is. The kick is up. The kick is good. Auburn wins. 22-19. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Auburn Today podcast. As always, my name is Noble. I'm joined here with my co-host, Wheeler. Today, it's going to be a little bit of a quicker pod. You know, we kind of broke down the Arkansas game in last week's podcast. Obviously, we don't have a game to break down after the bye week. So we're going to be previewing the top 10 matchup coming up this Saturday against Ole Miss. Ole Miss is 6-1. and one. Only loss was to number one in the SEC West, Alabama. Uh, playing some good football, ranked 10th overall. Uh, so, Wheeler, what are your kind of thoughts about – just your initial thoughts about Ole Miss as a team and just in what areas they've gotten better from last year this year? Yeah, so I think probably the number one improvement from last year to this year with Ole Miss is Matt Corral's uh, ability to protect the football. Uh, last year he was, he was throwing interceptions left and right. He had several five-plus interception games. Um, and it's hard to win when you throw five interceptions. Uh, he's really cut that down. I think he's leading college football right now in uh, the least number of interceptions, which is super impressive. Uh, so that's your number one thing. I think the defense for Ole Miss is slightly improved. However, I don't think they've really played that many good offenses, and the good offenses they have played, they've kind of gotten torched. Uh, I mean, Arkansas has a good offense, but they're not a – 52 point against a good defense, you know? Um, so that should be a, an area that Auburn is able to exploit. Uh, you know, Auburn's not really a high powered offense, so I don't expect it to be like 50 points like Arkansas was, but I definitely think they can get 35, maybe 42 points. Uh, and I think they're going to need it. Uh, I think also Owen coming back this week, uh, that's not hundred percent confirmed, but it really sounds like from Harson's interview. And then, there was another player that said that he was excited that some of the guys that have been missing on defense would be back. I think that'll be a really big key to the game. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think that injuries are definitely something to watch. You know, you look at the Auburn side, really, you know, for the most part, I mean, I talked about this in the last podcast. We stayed relatively healthy with the exception of Owen Papo missing a couple games. Um, you know, if you had asked me when I saw him walking on the sidelines at Arkansas, I would have been like, okay, this guy's not playing, but, I mean, by the way it's been sounding like it, – it sounds like he's been back to practice. So, I definitely think uh, from what we've been led to believe, it looks like Owen will be playing. Uh, I think the jury's still out on TD. We'll just have to see uh, game time decision there. But I think that if you look at the injuries on Ole Miss's side, that's a much more interesting aspect of this game. They've gotten a lot more – they've been a lot more beat up than we have – uh, they might be getting some guys back. The main guy to look at is Jonathan Mingo, a wide receiver. Uh, put up 290 yards and three touchdowns in their first three games, and then he got hurt. 
So he might be coming back. That'll be a wrinkle to definitely look for with, uh, you know, kind of a two-headed monster with him and Drummond that our secondary will have to deal with. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think if Owen comes back, it really helps us, especially in the fact that Ole Miss has really been establishing their run game in the past few games. And, you know, that's kind of Auburn's strength defensively, stopping the run. But having Jacoby and Owen, who, in my opinion, are the best best linebacker duo in the SEC, I think it'll be really good to stop their run, especially with a guy like Corral that runs as much as he does. You know, I mean, Corral's a decent runner, but, like, you know, he's not Michael Vick. Like, Owen Papo should be able to shut that down. So I think that'll be definitely be an interesting thing to watch from the injury aspect. But so you've kind of, you know, Ole Miss is kind of, it looks like they started off, you know, they started off really hot. They were scoring, you know, they scored 43 against Louisville, 54, 61. And then they kind of scored 21 against Ole Miss. And ever since then, with the exception of that Arkansas game, their offense looked pretty good, but 31 in back-to-back games. And that's obviously, you know, scoring 31 points in an SEC game is good. But I feel like just the way that we've been expecting these Lane Kiffin offenses just tons of scoring, not a ton of defense. What have you been thinking about Ole Miss in their past two games, scoring 31 in both uh, and winning close SEC games? But what what has your thought process been about Ole Miss and the identity of that team? What do you think they're wanting to do in those games? And has it surprised you that they have kind of strayed from what we expected them to be at this point in the season when we were looking at them in the preseason? Yeah, so I think everybody got a little flustered about how bad they beat LSU this week, and everybody was saying, oh, you know, Auburn barely eked out a win. Um, Auburn had, first of all, they had, what's his name, Butte still playing. Second of all, LSU has not practiced for the past two days because they haven't had enough healthy players to practice. And they had not yet fired Edwards Ron, and it was on the road. Okay, so the LSU team that went to Oxford this weekend – it was beat up, missing their star receiver, missing like nine starters, I think. Well, and from... they had said they had said that Edo was gone. So the players playing yeah. were like, you know, all my friends are all hurt and we don't and this guy that's coaching us isn't even gonna be here much longer. So it's just, you know. So that that is not an accurate representation. I don't think of either team. Um LSU had a little bit of fight in the first half. Uh they got stuffed on the goal line on four straight plays. Um which was more embarrassing, I think, than than anything. That I mean, Ole Miss's defensive line is not exactly massive people. Uh, so getting stopped four times on the goal line just kind of broke their will, and they were not able to come back uh, from that Tennessee game. It was just – it was a very strange game. It was, again, I feel like Ole Miss's offense starts really hot, and then they kind of cool off after you figure out what they're doing. Like, their script and their first couple of possessions are really, really good. And then they start getting a little more tired, it seems like, and they they struggle to produce kind of in the second half. Um, So that'll be an interesting thing. I think it'll help that Auburn's at home. Uh, I mean, Tennessee was actually able to start off pretty well. I think they were going to stop them on their first two drives if they didn't have ridiculous penalties. Like, I think they had one penalty on the punt, and then they had another penalty on, like, a fourth and four. They gave them five yards. So, Auburn, you just can't get those penalties that kill you, especially against an offense like this. Um, It'll also be interesting to see Ole Miss goes for it on fourth down more than any other team. And Auburn has the best fourth down stoppage rate in the SEC. Uh, So, that's an interesting storyline. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be an interesting thing. It may just be that, you know, Auburn hasn't played a lot of teams. I feel like Auburn's had a lot of teams go for it on fourth down, though, this year. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the trend of going for it on fourth down is definitely sweeping the nation. Um, and I'm intrigued to see if Lane Kiffin is as aggressive on his fourth down calls as he typically is. You know, are the analytics game specific where they're looking at the team that they're playing and their fourth down defense, or is it just analytics of football say go for it on fourth down if it's less than fourth and five? Um, so I, I, I'm intrigued to see that. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. You know, you look at, uh, you know, off the top of my head, they I think they went for it four times against Arkansas, went for it on fourth down, and I think it was five times as well against Alabama. So those are, you know, kind of their two biggest games thus far into the season. They both went for it five times. And going for the going for it on fourth down five times, like, that's a lot. Like, yeah. I mean, can you – like, it, it's kind of like – it's kind of a lot if you do it twice, you know? Like, five times, I mean, that's pretty much like, yeah, like, we just don't like our punter. Like, we're just going to go for it on fourth down all the time. But that is definitely – such a weird thing, you know, that's such a weird like aspect of the game to be looking at that. I mean, Ole Miss has gone for it on fourth down 30 times this season. They're 23 of 30. So I just feel like that's such a weird thing. And it's almost like the third down, like the third down doesn't really mean anything. Cause it's like, if it's third and five, like they're going to try and get short yardage cause they're going to go for it on fourth down. So I just think that's an interesting thing, an interesting aspect to look at. Um, but kind of look, it's interesting to see how Auburn plays them on third down. If you start playing for the run and stuff, instead of playing your normal third down of standing at the sticks and giving them, you know, an in route, that's going to be two yards short. If you're clamping down and playing almost like you're, you know, your first two downs where you're really trying to not give up any yardage because you know that fourth down is really what you would typically have on third down. That'll be an interesting thing for, for us to see what Mason does because I feel like Mason's normally pretty conservative, mm-hmm. uh, especially on third downs, especially on long third downs because they tend to give up big plays on long third downs. Yeah, so I definitely think it's, it's definitely going to be an adjustment for Derek Mason and then the whole defense, obviously. But one of the aspects that I think is one of the most important things is Ole, I mean, Ole Miss gets to the quarterback. I mean, in the past two games against LSU and Tennessee, they had five sacks each in those games. Uh, I think Arkansas, they only had one. Arkansas had a good job of getting their offense going, put up 51 on that defense. Um, Auburn has done a really good job of avoiding sacks, but it's almost like the pressure – like I. I I feel like the pressure that they got against Tennessee and LSU is going to be the same pressure they're going to get against Auburn. But Bo Nix is much more dynamic of a scrambler than uh, Max Johnson and uh, what's his name from Tennessee. So I feel like it'll be – it's definitely going to be just an interesting thing to watch. You know, Bo Nix is going to have to be on his bicycle, going to be going around having to make some big plays. Uh, I think that'll be just an aspect that you really have to watch. But also, this Ole Miss defense, they've really kind of embraced the whole bend-don't-break mindset that a lot of SEC schools are starting to implement. And that, I think, is the most important aspect of this game because if – because, you know, Auburn has had some troubles this season with scoring when they should score, you know. 
Like we, we've been able to get in, we've been able to get close to scoring, but we haven't been able to punch it in. And I think that that'll be the key to the game because if they force us to kick a lot of 35 to 40 yard field goals, I feel like that could cause us to lose this game. But I think that if we can punch the ball in the end zone, especially in the red zone, I think that'll be something that will be very helpful for us. And just the way that the styles of the teams are, it's, I personally believe that whoever gets their style, whoever makes the game, their style of play will win. So you look at Ole Miss, they like to go fast, fast, fast. They want to have the ball. They want to have, they want to, they want to have, you know, as many drives as humanly possible. Auburn is the complete opposite. We want to have eight minute drives. The defense isn't on the field a lot. We don't want them getting into their rhythm. We want to go as slow as possible. And so that's going to be a thing that if we can implement that, and we can get a lot of third down conversions on just slow drives that take up a lot of clock. And if we can just play that way, run the football and all that, I think we'll win the game. Because if we can just play how we want to play, I think it'll throw Ole Miss off and they won't be able to get into the same rhythm that they have against Arkansas. Because like, if you look at that Arkansas game, like if it's a shootout, that's what Ole Miss wants. Because Ole Miss's offense is built to be a shootout. Auburn's offense is definitely not. Auburn's offense is built to be a knock-em-out, drag-em-out kind of game and just play old-school football. So, Wheeler, what do you think is the biggest key to the game from what both teams want to do and which they want to execute the most at? I think the Auburn receiving core, again, is going to be the most important thing to look at Mm -hmm. because when the receivers are able to catch the passes, I mean, it totally changes the offense. Because that allows you to have those third those third and three little curl routes and out routes and stuff are critical. And they're there. Like, there hasn't been a game where the receivers or the tight ends have just been absolutely blanketed on every single play. Like, literally, the problem has been catching the ball on those plays or catching the ball in the end zone. Um, that, and I think the running backs – you know, they really struggled even in the Arkansas game to get anything going. Um, so maybe trying to get a, a running game. LSU actually was able to run the ball pretty effectively, I'd say. Um, in the first – I didn't watch the second half of the Ole Miss-LSU game. But in the first half, I mean, they were running the ball effectively and then they just conked out at the end of drives. I mean, it's it goes back to what you you were saying. I mean, the bend-don't-break defense um, – was in full effect against LSU because the they were actually getting some yardage. Um, they also really let the game get away from them, like at the end of the first half. I think Ole Miss scored like two touchdowns in the last two minutes of the half, and then they got the ball back coming out of halftime, and they scored. And so it went from like a one-touchdown game to a four-touchdown game in three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, I mean, that game was a lot closer than the scoreboard indicated. Um I feel really good about this game. I am concerned about the player suspension rumor. Um, I think that's true because when they asked Harson about it, he said no players are out for the season with injury, which is basically saying, I mean, if they weren't suspended, he would say nobody's suspended for this game. So clearly, I think someone's suspended. Um, if it were a major player, I feel like it would have gotten out by now. Um you know, I mean, have you heard anything about – I've heard rumors of who people think it is, but I don't think that they're based off of any information. They're just basing them off of random guesses. 
Yeah, the I mean the thing I've heard, you know, it's the the kind of the the six it's the the six players and they're non-starters. That's yeah. that's the most common rumor I've heard. And so six, I mean, but see, the thing is it's like, okay, are those six players you look at them, it's like is that going to be you know, you look at the the term non-starter, you know? It's like, okay, was well, that going to be, you know, trying to think is that going to be like Jaleel Irvin the backup center or is that going to be Jalen Simpson you know because one of those guys is going to play a lot and one of those guys is going to be really we're really going to need for this game yeah Jalen's not a starter per se but it's like but he's going to play just uh, just as much as the starting cornerback too in Nehemiah Pritchett so it's kind of like is when they say non-starters is it going to be a guy like that or is it going to be a guy that wasn't going to play so I think that's one of the things that really matters when you say non-starter but you know, I think that it'll be manageable and I don't think it'll make a huge difference depending on, you know, who that guy is, you know? Right. So I just think it's, it's something to obviously something to monitor, but I don't think we'll know until Saturday when, you know, it's pregame warmups and you're having to look at the numbers in the stretch line and figure out who's not there. Yeah. And I feel like if it were one of the backup running backs, like you said, or, Jalen Simpson, who was a serious contributor. Mm-hmm. Again, I think that that would have gotten out. I don't mm-hmm. think that you can keep under wraps a major contributor being suspended for a game. But maybe you can. I don't know. I mean, Harson has definitely brought in a new era of almost secrecy to the program. Like, he mm-hmm. says a lot more than Gus does in the press conference, but a lot less gets leaked out. Yeah. So he'll tell you more, but, he hadn't, but if he isn't telling it to you, you aren't going to find out. Is Which kind is good. The, yeah. I mean, I, I personally prefer that, and I feel like it's much more, you know, it makes it feel like – it's almost like it makes it feel like they know what's going on, you know? And it's like when it's – you know, when it was, you know, rumors coming out everywhere and everyone was like – you know, everyone could kind of figure out what was going on. It was kind of like, well, what are the coaches even doing? Like if the coaches don't right. want this getting out and it's still all over message boards and everything like that, it's like, you know, it just looked very unprofessional. but. You know, it is what it is. But so just kind of looking at this game. So what were your, you know, we're going to go. So in preseason, when you thought of this game, you know, we knew Ole Miss would be, you know, if you had said it would be a 10 versus 18 matchup, you know, that that was easy to believe. Whether it was Auburn at 10 or Ole Miss at 10, it was an easy thing to believe. So we've been looking at this game for a while. We knew that this would be a big one. What were your thoughts kind of preseason about this game compared to kind of middle of the season after like the Penn State and Georgia State games? And then now kind of how is your confidence level of this game fluctuated throughout those different uh, points in time? You know, I think before the season, I felt really confident about it. Then about three weeks through the season, I started to feel really down. Leaving the Penn State game after Ole Miss had had a few big games, I was feeling really down about the game. Um, And that's kind of rebounded after the LSU win, the Arkansas win. Um, And even in a loss to Georgia, just a very competitive game against the number – the clearly the number one team in the country right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you miss a few opportunities that keep you in that game, and it's like, Well, if you're staying in the game with the number one team in the country, odds are you're not going to get the break speed off of you. And Ole Miss seems like a team that just has trouble putting – like if they don't just run you, they have trouble putting you away. 
because you always feel like you're in the game and their defense is bad enough that they can always keep you in the game unless you literally quit like LSU did. Um, so, no, I feel good because I think this is a good matchup for Auburn. Um, I think our defense matches up well against their offense, especially if Owen Papo's back. Um, and then the way that we kind of play the game on offense, melting the clock really also plays into the beating a team that's trying to get 110-plus plays um, and is, you know, just wants possession after possession until they can finally break through. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the same. I think that – I honestly think that Ole Miss's most impressive win is either – you look at that win that they had against Arkansas at home by one point, but honestly, that win against Tennessee in Knoxville, like, that's not something to just – to just shrug off. I mean, Tennessee is a good football team. Like, they're not, you know, they're not insane, but they were playing some good football in Knoxville at night. Neyland Stadium is a, I mean, that's a tough environment. Going in there and winning that game, that that impressed me, and that just kind of showed the, the kind of team that they are. But I just think that this is such an interesting game just because of the two vastly different styles. Like, Auburn and Ole Miss could not play any different style of football. And so I just feel like it's very interesting and just how Auburn will have to adjust to that Ole Miss defense will just be an interesting thing for me. Uh, But so Auburn is currently favored by two and a half points. So is that something that surprised you? Did you think we would be an underdog going into this game or did you kind of, do you kind of feel like we should be favored in a game like this, whether you're confident or not, like, you know, I, I'm confident that we're going to win, but I am still a little surprised that we are favored to win, you know? So what are your thoughts about that? No, I mean, I think that it it initially came out as a pick em, Um, and that's about where I thought it was. I mean, think about it. LSU at full strength is very comparable to Tennessee at full strength. So those wins are comparable. Both teams go and beat Arkansas. Yes, Auburn beat them by a couple more points, but the way that the game was, it was just as close. I would say, I mean, Auburn scored a touchdown. I mean, it was a great drive, don't get me wrong, but they they scored a touchdown at the end that made the score look a lot less close than the game was. They also got a defensive touchdown that Ole Miss didn't get. So those games, very similar. Um, I just feel like both teams have had a very – similar track through the season with the only difference being that Lane Kiffin is a media darling for ESPN. And so they get talked about on game day um, and Auburn is not, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. Brian Harson. I feel like the commentators really enjoy talking ball with them and they're very complimentary during the broadcast, but it's still not just because they like you doesn't make for interesting TV. Like, Brian Horson and Auburn are not an interesting game day story. Not at all. To say, oh, yeah, this guy's all about the ball and talk about X's and O's. Like, yeah, David Pollock loves his little five-minute segment where they let him splice up a couple pieces of film. But the people are turning it on to see Lane Kiffin holding up a golf ball and saying, you know, oh, go get your popcorn, whatever. Like, all that kooky stuff makes for much more interesting TV. And so I think Ole Miss has been hyped up whereas their performance on the field has just been very comparable to Auburn, I would say, in just about every aspect. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. You look at – I mean, they played Tulane and Austin P. blew them out. Auburn blew out Akron and uh, ASU. Uh, Ole Miss has a 
easy game against – or not an easy game. They played Louisville. I mean, Louisville and Penn State are not comparable. If Auburn plays Louisville, Auburn wins by a similar margin, I think. So, I mean, yes. if Auburn doesn't play Penn State and we play kind of a middle-of-the-pack ACC program like Ole Miss did, the records are the same. I mean, you look at their SEC play. They lost to the then number one team in the country by three touchdowns, similar to how we did. They beat Arkansas in a kind of a tight game. They beat Tennessee. They beat LSU. You know, those are – you know, it's, it's a very comparable record. So, I think that these teams are very close, and it's almost just like a coin flip. Uh, but so, I'm going to ask you just a couple questions just from log- a logistic purpose. So, you look at Ole Miss's leading rusher on the team is Matt Corral. He averages like, I think, four and a half, you know, four and a half, five yards per carry. So do you think over under Auburn or over under Matt Corral for 50 rushing yards? I'm going to go over 50 rushing yards because that is, that's not a lot. I mean, think about it. You have one play that's a 20 yard scramble. I mean, 20 yards on a scramble, I feel like, I mean, a lot of quarterbacks will get that in a game. I don't see us sacking him very much. So, yeah, I'm going to go over 50 yards. All right. And then you look at Dontario Drummond, who is their number one receiver, one of the best receivers in the SEC and one of the better ones in the country. Uh, I'm going to say – I'm going to say over, under. So, if you look at Auburn has had – Auburn has played two elite receivers this year, and both of them had a day. I mean, Jahan Dotson – I looked – he only had 78 yards, but it felt like so much more than that. And I think that was just because he had so many first downs and so many catches. Uh, Kayshawn Butte had like 130. So I'm going to say over under over under 90 receiving yards for Drummond. I'm going to go under. Under, okay. So I'm going to go under because think about it. Butte had 98 yards receiving on the first drive, which means he had 30 receiving yards the rest of the game. Jahan Dodson felt like he was carving us up. He was just making big plays at the right time, getting first downs, not getting that many yards. I mean, people have been hating on Roger McCreary saying that he hasn't been playing well, but he graded out as like, I think he's like the second highest graded out corner this season. Like, Yeah, I mean, he's still been elite. He's been better this season than last season. He isn't going to get mossed on for 150 yards. I mean, most likely. You know, I mean, he's played some pretty legit dudes and has Held up. I mean, I would say he held up well. Think about it. Even on that big drop, that big catch that uh, Butte had for the touchdown, that was perfect coverage. Yeah. By the corner and by the safety, it was an absolute dime and a perfect route. Like, you tip your hat to him. Sometimes, you know, people just make plays. Dodson, Dodson, ate Auburn alive. But also, yeah. But also, McCreary didn't follow Dodson like he did Butte. No. That I think I think Derek Mason learned his lesson that. There's a steep decline in pass coverage, but also I don't think Jalen Simpson was playing in the Penn State game. He was still hurt, and that makes a big difference too because I know Jalen hasn't been a starter, but it seems like when pass coverage gets out of hand, he's definitely a pass coverage more than a run stopper. Um, Definitely. And and so I I don't think that he'll have a huge day this weekend. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like you look at a guy like Pritchett, and Pritchett's a really good corner. I just feel like he gets bit, gets beat deep a lot, and like the quick, fast guys, he kind of struggles with. But you know, still, still a good corner. So if you look at the Ole Miss, the Ole Miss defensive line get to the quarterback a lot. Are you going to say over under two sacks? Hmm. I say we do 
over under two and a half sacks, I'd go under. Because right. I think I mean, yeah, you think two and a half two? sacks. I think yeah. they get two sacks. Okay. But did Georgia get two sacks? Yeah. Uh, they probably I believe did. They had I believe they had two. Let me I can look real quick. Uh I'm trying to because think off the top of my head, I think they had. They had two. I think there's a greater chance of a Bonex fumble than there is of more than two sacks. They had four, but I believe one or two of them was on a play where Bo decided to scramble and maybe lost a yard or two, and it counts okay. as a sack, but it's like, okay, it's yeah, a, you know, it wasn't like a, a drop back pass sack. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I just see Bo Nix having more fumbles than two sacks or having yeah. a fumble before he has a third sack. Yeah, so then you look at the, the turnover margin. You know, who, well, this one I'll just ask straight up. Who do you think turns the ball over more this Saturday, Auburn or Ole Miss? Statistics say it's going to be Auburn. But I could see it a game with no turnovers. All right. And now let's look kind of toward more of the Auburn section. Uh, so I'm going to do the kind of the – the running back duo, you look at Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter, over under 125 rushing yards. Mm, I'm going to go over. All right. Any I think Auburn, Tank's going to have a big game. All right. Any Auburn receiver, over under 70 receiving yards. Under. <laughs> that was the quickest mm, one. The quickest one of the no day. shot. <laughs> Have we uh, had then, one go for over 70 yards against a Power 5 opponent? I uh, mean, I believe maybe – yeah, I think Robertson did against Arkansas. Because um, he caught a deep ball. Robertson had 81 and Shedrick had 61 against Arkansas. So, okay. I, But I believe 81 is the most we've had uh, against a Power 5 opponent. Yeah. Um, and then look, so you've got – and then Bo Nix over under 300 total yards. Uh, I'm gonna go under. You gonna say under 300? All right, under 300. 300 so, is a pretty good game. Yeah, he had. I believe he had 327 total against Arkansas. 292 passing, and the rest were rushing. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under on that because I think that the running backs are gonna have a bigger, a bigger role in the offense this week than they did against Ole Miss. All right, and then that kind of wraps it up. Uh, final question, what is your score prediction for this Saturday? Uh, let's go 38-35, Auburn. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, I feel like I might have to adjust mine because it's a little too close to that. Um, I was gonna what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say 38-34, but I feel like i got to change that because – 38-34. You think Ole Miss is going to kick two field goals? Yeah. I think I think we get I think we force a stop in close situations. But Absolutely I'm changing not. my prediction. I'm this man doesn't punt on his close. own 20-yard line. Do you think he's going to settle for two field goals? I no. think I think that he would punt or he would kick a field goal in a sense where it's like if it's a third and six and we get a sack and it becomes a fourth and twelve. In those yeah. kind of situations, and in a close game, I could see him kicking it. And those were the kind of situations where I envisioned him uh, kicking field goals. But due to your uh, close prediction, I'm going to change mine. Uh, I'm going to go with 
I think I'm going to go with a 38. I'm going to go with a 38-28. I could see that. I could see us. Win, I could see us winning this game by 10. I think if we can keep the ball out of Matt Corral's hands, I think we can limit that offense. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting game for sure. Oh, you're going to have also, to save me from the playoff crack if we win this game by 10. Oh, I guarantee you, everyone. I, everyone in. I mean, everyone in the comments is already kind of thinking playoffs, but. You know, oh, if we win by off. 10. If we win this I'm game gonna... at all, I think people are going to be going for playoffs because the, if we can be – with how Ole Miss is playing right now and how Alabama has been playing, I think that if we beat Ole Miss, I'm very confident we'll beat Alabama. Now, Wouldn't it be the most Auburn thing for it to all come crashing down the very next week in a disastrous road performance in College Station? And we can we can – talk about that just real quick i personally that is the game i'm most scared about for the rest of the season is playing texas a&m and college station when they're coming off a bye i've had a lot of people tell me i'm crazy for thinking that but i know auburn football and i know that something's gonna happen and we're either gonna have a close game or i think we're either gonna lose to texas a&m or we're gonna have a real close game against mississippi state at home the week after but i don't know we'll see but I definitely think that if we beat Ole Miss by anything, I think that everyone's going to be knocking down the playoff doors and it's going to be, you know, everyone's going to be real excited and there's just a lot of chance for hurt for that. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm very excited to see just kind of a bit, you know, a real big game in Jordan-Hare again at night. They've been testing out the video board. They've been testing out all their LED lights. It's been a cool environment. It's going to be – it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be a big crowd. It's gonna be Auburn football again. All right, I gotta I have a fun question for you. All right, bigger meltdown by the Auburn fan base. Option A. Auburn wins out, wins the SEC championship, and has to fire Brian Harson two days later for not being vaccinated. Or B, Brian Harson comes out officially. As a Scientologist. Absolutely number one. <laughs> Absolutely number one. If we are in the playoffs and we just won the SEC in a head coach's first season and we had to fire the guy two days later, uh, the, the world would end. I mean, Auburn football would – could you imagine Twitter? Twitter would be absolute – it would be World War Three. It would be the sky is falling. If he's a Scientologist, a lot of Auburn fans don't know what a Scientologist is. Like, that, I don't think that would be that big a deal. Like, I really don't. I think that a lot of people wouldn't like it, but I think the vast majority of people would be like, I don't care. We're in the playoff. Who cares? Imagine working the phones in Tommy Tuberville's office in Washington, D.C. if Auburn had to fire their football coach because he wasn't vaccinated. I'm telling you, if that happens, uh, I think it depends. I I think the, I mean, it'll be like the sky is falling regardless. But if Auburn drops Ole Miss, A&M, and Alabama, people aren't going to be as concerned. If we just went to Atlanta, especially if we had just won, I I, I kid you not, I I cannot emphasize the, the kind of messages I would get and just the amount of meltdown i think it would be one of the biggest meltdowns we've ever seen across auburn media i truly do uh, I, think I think it, it trumps so many so many horrible meltdowns that we have had 
And it's a very realistic possibility. I I mean, I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see. I think right now we got to focus. I mean, just, you know, one week at a time. But, I mean, if that happens, I mean, it'll just be everyone in the SEC will just sit back and get their popcorn ready and just watch because it will be an explosive meltdown. Indeed. Well, but, I'm glad I could come up with a doomsday scenario to end the podcast <laughs> this week. Yeah, and if anybody, you know, if anybody wants to weigh in on that question, feel free to DM the page. I think it'd be interesting to see everyone's reaction to which they think would be a bigger meltdown. But anyways, uh, I think that kind of wraps up our Ole Miss preview pod. Um, obviously, next week we'll be back. We'll be previewing Texas A&M and talking about, hopefully, uh, Auburn win at night against Ole Miss. Uh, I'm really excited to see it. And We'll just we'll see y'all next week. As always, if y'all have any questions, feel free to DM, comments, concerns, whatever. Uh, but yeah, we'll see y'all next week in War Eagle. War Eagle.